Welcome to the Stuff and Junk Show, where we share our opinions on random subjects from interesting news, social topics, pop culture, our likes and dislikes, things we've seen, heard, or read, to what we did and what we do. You know, Stuff and Junk. Hello, my name is Albert, and if you didn't know by now, I am at the uh, San Diego Comic Con here at San Diego, at uh, the convention center, you know, Comic Con, it makes sense, right? Uh, jokes, jokes, Albert, jokes. 2019, Comic Con 2019, they're celebrating their 50th year and uh, and stuff. <laughs> All right, this is a off the great start, Albert, but whatever. <laughs> Anyways, for this episode, I'm going to be sharing my interview with David Glancer. It's the he is the chief communicating and strategy officer of Comic Con. Uh, this is the fifth year in a row that I've interviewed him. Uh, usually, it's like a mini talk back for myself when I when I talk to David, and then I also get some additional information from him regarding Comic Con. Then afterwards, we're going to take a look and see what's going on, and then uh, I will be bringing in uh, Derek from uh, the Geekdom Fancast. All right, here we go with the interview first. It's about thirty-five minutes long, I think, and then it will be back. Now, as it is Comic Con once again, so the other Comic Con, I have this. Accidental tradition that kind of just happened as we went along. I'm now once again with the, if I'm correct, Chief Communication and Strategy Officer, exactly. David Glancer. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Always great to be here. Yeah, yeah. It we, wouldn't be Comic Con if we didn't have our interview. Yes, that, that is what we like to think. That's <laughs> true. It's true. Every Sunday, we do the recap. I tell David stuff I'm here on the floor, and he'll tell me stuff that might happen in the future. Exactly. So, so let's get right to it. Um, I do have a lot of questions some, for some reason this year, so here we go. Um, the metal detectors. So unlike previous years where it's just random checks, now it's everybody gets a back check. Is that a thing that's going to be common now, or is that and is it going to spread out to any of the other panels? So I really can't talk about security. Okay. One of the things we always say is there's a lot of security you see. There's a lot of security you don't see. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes security is in different places. Uh, that may change from year to year. Um, the bottom line is security is really important. We work with the local police. We work with uh, national, you know, federal uh, agencies. It's a, it's a big show. We have people from all over the world. Uh, so safety is a really important aspect of that. So... We work really hard for it. I don't know if you've seen the dogs this year, but I did. There's, been, there's been dogs around yeah. too, so there's a lot that goes into it, and the planning of that is, you know, pretty confidential. Yep, not a problem. This uh, is somewhat on the subject. Hall H. Going to be a lot of Hall H questions today, David. <laughs> uh oh. With Warner Brothers Studios not having the regular Saturday time slot in the beginning. Was, did you guys have like this this wonderful discussion like, hmm, who should we put there instead? Well, it's interesting because you only have so many hours for the course of the weekend, right? right? We Sometimes we get more requests than we can accommodate. So if somebody can't make the show, then it's true. We'll, we'll figure, oh, this would be a great panel for here. Or some people don't want to be in that room. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, I think there was a belief years ago that, a lot of studios wanted to be in a small room, and uh, that way uh, it would fill up quicker. And if they had to turn people away, they could say, oh, it was standing room only, we had to turn people away. But they also realized that it makes people unhappy. Okay. And, you know, we our fans are really good about social media. So Hall H is a daunting uh, endeavor because it's 6,500 people, and people are sometimes afraid of not filling that room. So. Right. Uh, but you know what? We try to be a good group. We we love to see what people have to share with us, and I think it's been a pretty good, uh, 
pretty good run in there this year. So was did CBS ask specifically for that time slot, or did you guys draw straws and decide who we, gets to have the time slot? It's like a giant Rubik's Cube. Okay. Uh, studios often ask for any number of time slots, and sometimes it's because of uh, talent availability. Right. So we try to accommodate as much as we can, but it, it isn't as if, you know, uh, someone says, oh, I want to be from 1 to 2, and someone says, oh, that's coincidental. I want to be from 2 to 3, and someone says, oh, <laughs> let's be 3 to 4. So uh, it's a job I wouldn't want. It's almost like the exhibit floor. Uh, if you move one booth or if somebody is able to add an extra booth, it you have to reconfigure the floor. And the same thing is true for programming and specifically Hall H. So it's a process of back and forth, and okay. then hopefully it ends up being uh, good for the fans. Yeah, I mean, I get a kick out of the fact that all these MCU fans who were going to be there the whole day are exposed to Star Trek. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know what? I think one of the things that we've talked about this before there's kind of a cross-pollinization in Comic-Con. I think you can be a, a fan of one thing and discover that you enjoy something else, too. Right. And uh, I often tell people, if you can't get into a panel you really want to be involved in, uh, have a second or third you know, backup, because you might find out that there's something new that you never knew was out there, and you might be a fan of that, too. So, yeah, I think the exposure is pretty great. Speaking of exposure, um, with the sudden appearance of Conan O'Brien and Tom Cruise after the Terminator Dark Fate panel... I'm curious, curious. Only like a handful of people know that's happening, or do you, does your whole staff know about it, or the, the other panels as well? So um, I don't want to give away any trade secrets, right. but you know what? We've been lucky enough to have great relationships with a variety of people within the industry, both in publishing and on television, films, and all that. Again, safety is a big issue, so we always want to prepare for the unprepared. Mm -hmm. um, but um, so I'll just leave it at that. That Comic Con is known for surprises. And I think the fans like that. Right. So I, I hope they were surprised this year. Were you in the room, so I was in the room. Oh, yeah. Happened, were they surprised? Yeah. We were definitely surprised. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> I, I didn't have a chance to be in the room, so that's great. Did, did, were, did, were the cast of Terminator Dark Fate aware that that was happening? <laughs> that's what I'm curious about. <laughs> I don't know. You'll have, to, you'll have to ask them. Yeah, they kind of like crashed the party. But speaking yeah. of Dark, Terminator Dark Fate, I noticed... But you know what? We're all one big family. I right. Think that, I think that's the kind of cool thing... Um, you know, I crashed a panel. I gave uh, Mark Hamill the Icon Award yeah. during one of his panels this weekend. And, uh, you know, so I think we, we all mean well. I don't think, you know, sometimes I think people are like, wait a second, I only get X amount of minutes and you want to do what? Uh, but it, but it's uh, it's like family. Everybody uh, Everybody's pretty amenable. No, uh, for Dermot and Dark Fate, I know, I, know, I know you guys tell them, keep it, keep it G or PG. I'm not sure you noticed, but it was a pretty R-rated kind of panel. And is there a strict rule about that, or, or we we really do ask people to try to keep it as you know G or PG as they possibly can. Yeah, I think sometimes there are people who um, are known for their colorful language, and right. oftentimes those panels are later at night. Right. Um, sometimes people get so excited that they just you know they forget where they are. You you see that even on television sometimes people get bleeped out or whatever. We don't have the ability to bleep, you know, a live. Right, alive. Yeah. We're, in, we're in the audience, right? But, um, yeah, we do ask people to please try to watch their language. Uh, but sometimes people get carried away. Yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of panels, behind-the-scenes panel, where were you? <laughs> well, I have to tell you, it was so funny. That was a panel I was supposed to moderate. Right. And uh, did they mention that at the panel? They mentioned or? it. Oh, yeah. did they really? Yeah. Oh, no. I, was, I was there for that one too. Okay, where did yeah. they say I was? They, they just said that you were not available, and okay. then Eddie took over. Yeah, Eddie was a uh, great. So what ended up happening was, and I need to talk to Eddie about this because um, 
when we discussed this earlier on, we knew that I was going to be giving the Icon Award to, to Mark Hamill. And so everything was set. We were all great. And then I'd say probably about an hour and a half before the panel, one of my assistants says, David, you know, you're double booked. And I'm all, no. I can't be double booked. He's all, yeah, you're moderating the panel, and you also have to give Mark Hamill that award. So I, I called Eddie, and I'm all, you know, Eddie, what happened here? He's all, <laughs> oh, yeah. Director of programming here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... You know, as as you can imagine, there's not a lot of time to... He was really a, a prince and said, you know what? I think it's important you give the award to Mark. So mm -hmm. if you want, I can go ahead and moderate the panel, which he did. But we're going to have to talk afterwards to find out how that happened. You know, as mu and, and, and maybe next year, if we do this panel again, that'll be one of the stories. Yeah. That sometimes things just happen and you don't even plan on it. Well, I would like to request that we do have that panel every year. Because <laughs> I really think that a lot of people should be exposed. Did to, they enjoy it? Was, it? was it informative for people? Oh, yeah. I think it really was. It really was. I mean, it was very close to, like, I wonder if the, if the audience are going to treat like a talkback because it's not a talkback. Well, you know, but, I think one of the things we were concerned about was that it would be a talkback. Mm -hmm. um, but what we really wanted people to know was there's a lot of logistics to, to putting on the show. And I don't think the general public, and they shouldn't know because it doesn't uh, affect them, but... Whether it's lines, whether it's uh, the electronics in the room, whether it's the drapes and the stage, whether it's the city, you know, fielding requests, whether it's, uh, you know, people trying to get onto the front driveway who aren't supposed. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of stuff oh, yeah. that you have to do. Once the show starts, um, it has a life of its own and it takes all of these people to help make sure that it runs as smoothly as it can. Okay. So there, there are some follow ups from the behind the scenes panel that weren't revealed. In the, on that panel. Maybe I'll ask you and see okay. how I go. They, they talk a story about a Playboy bunny and the zip line on fire. What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, I, I think those are several different things at the same time. We, um, <laughs> the, uh, the mayor and um, at the time the a council member who is now an assembly member uh, both decided they wanted to ride one of the zip lines on okay. uh, the outside activations before we had a press conference. And I used to work in politics. And um, I was horrified. I was like, you want to do what with what? And uh, both the mayor and the council member were like, oh, it'll be great. You know, we'll, 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 we'll zip line in and do... And I have to tell you, honestly, I was very worried about that. But it went without a hitch. Everybody loved it. That same day, I think, we got word that there was an activation uh, downtown that wasn't sanctioned. It wasn't part of us. But at night, they were going to set somebody on fire. And, um, of course, you know, I freaked out. But I believe it happened, but it was very much controlled with the, the fire department. Okay. And, you know, the, it's effects and stuff like that. But, yeah, those are just a couple of the things that we get, uh, you know, we get pinged with everyone. So they talk about... Uh, People dropping from helicopters at all at the panel? Yeah, you mentioned that Arnold wanted to do that. At well, one point. so it's funny because it really wasn't Arnold. There's a oh, person okay. who, um, I believe, there's a person who's gone from studio to studio because one year uh, we were told that oh, you know, maybe this certain celebrity uh, will want to jump, and then uh, a couple years later they said this other celebrity, and this other they said this other celebrity signed off on it. And I said really, and they said oh yeah, it'll be great. So. Um, it went, everybody signed off on it. The FAA signed, everybody signed off on it. I was wow. like shocked. Well, a couple of days before the convention, they said, 
well, no, no, the star isn't going to do that. And honestly, Henry, I think what they did was, I think they told, I think they tell the actors, hey, we'd like to bring you in on helicopter. And the actors are, sure, why not? What they don't tell the actors until the very last minute is, yeah, but we want you to rappel down a rope. <laughs> and I'm sure, as any sane person would say, are you crazy? Of course yeah. I'm not going to do that. So this hasn't happened yet. So the other thing that was brought up that I kind of wanted to ask about is the subway. So the subway here is supposedly well-known throughout the whole country among subway employees. What's the story there? So this, there's a subway a sandwich shop uh, next to the ballpark mm-hmm. that I think is open 24 hours right. during the show. Yeah. And it, I know a couple of years ago anyway, it may still be true, accounts for the most sandwiches sold of any subway in the United States wow. during Comic-Con. Uh, we also, I think, have a designation for a Starbucks downtown as well Okay. during Comic-Con. So uh, people drink a lot of coffee and eat a lot of sandwiches. Wow. So the, the, I heard that something about like people compete to be in this subway during Comic-Con weekend. Is that true? You know what? They very well might. You know, I, I was just talking to somebody about this earlier today, and uh, they were talking about lines. And it's remarkable to me that there are so many lines at Comic-Con, but people really make the best of that situation, mm-hmm. right? They make friends. Uh, um, I was in line uh, a couple of years ago and ran into a friend of mine who I see every year here. Um, I don't know. I think they make the best of a bad situation. So it wouldn't surprise me that it's a badge of honor to wait in the subway line. Okay. And then the last thing from the panel, um, there's a vote on March about the expansion for the convention center. Do you guys have any idea what your strategy is for that one? We really don't. Uh, okay. We think that an expanded convention center will help the city. Okay. It'll attract more uh, larger conventions. It'll be good for us. Right. Comic-Con, uh, we understand, brings about $147 million into the economy over the week. Uh, I think if there are other big conventions, uh, that would generate a lot of money as well. And that could be great for all aspects of the city, whether it's homeless, road repair, infrastructure, various communities so it's something we hope will will happen because we're as you know we're maxed out of space we yeah. have programs across the street we have you know activations across the street where we're putting a band-aid it's almost like we're trying to plug every little hole that pops up but at some point there's going to be too many holes so we we hope it happens true we me and my friends joked about how maybe maybe good registrator gets a hole i and if you, go bit, if you combine hall H and call I, you get hall high. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell you, uh, some of the initial plans that we're not really very involved in that, but some of the initial plans we saw uh, called for a lot more big meeting space. Mm-hmm. And that would be very exciting to us. Okay. Now, um, as, as you know, I usually try and go back to you and hear, tell you some of the complaints I hear throughout the, throughout the, throughout the event. Uh, the shuttles for the hotel. It does seem like a case where a lot of people aren't able to get to the shuttle because it's over capacity. Is there anything that they can do similar to what the trolley systems do? When the trolley is full, they immediately send an empty one almost immediately. Yeah, the, the shuttle system is uh, another Rubik's Cube. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, we have used a company called Sea Planners that's really very amazing. They've been with us for many, many years, and they, and they, do, uh, they do transportation all across the United States. It's not as easy as just sending another bus because okay. there's routes. But one of the things that we found is, you know, the shuttles specifically go to hotels. And they go to hotels based on the number of, uh, based on a bunch of factors, but also how many rooms those hotels have of Comic-Con attendees. Right. What we're starting to find out is people who um, don't stay at those hotels 
maybe riding the shuttles as well. Correct. So, all, or people who don't even have badges. There are some people who are like, oh, you know what? If we park over here, we can take the shuttle in, get downtown, and and then all of a sudden starts taxing us because yep. we have to add more shuttles, and shuttles are incredibly expensive. Right. So I think they're trying to look at ways to mitigate that. I'm not sure what those are yet, but we're having a lot of meetings about it. Um, we're also noticing that a lot of uh, attendees in the shorter areas are taking um, uh, hired cars, like Uber or Lyft or something okay. like that. Um, so it's evolving. I'm not sure where, where it will end up, but we're having meetings about those. Okay. Uh, the other thing about wait times is the official merchandise. A lot of people want the 5th anniversary merchandise, and apparently the first few days was pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know if the problem was the fact that people with pre-orders are allowed to buy more when they get up there. I'm well, not sure if that's holding up the line. And some of the stuff, we, we, were, we were able to put a limit on that, and we will in the future. Okay. In the past, our merchandise has sold okay. I think this year we offered a lot more merchandise, a lot of varied merchandise. And, uh, you know, between you and me, we're going to be doing that again. Okay. And I think that resulted, honestly, in a lot of people being excited because there was a great selection, a great variety. Oh, yeah. So I think in the future you'll see us probably increasing the numbers of some of that stuff and uh, hopefully making it available on a variety of different places, including a website and maybe... Well, we're looking at the website also to see if it can be more than just right before the convention. Uh, so that's something we're exploring as well. Yeah, we may have to like move that official merchandise room somewhere bigger to accommodate the lines. I well, think. it's funny because yeah. you know the, the reason it's there is because it, we had to move it off the floor. Right. Because there was just too many lines and it was too small. So we moved it into a bigger place. But you know, this we may not be able to do this right away. But you know, our hope is that maybe we can have an online component so that uh, people won't have to wait in line so long. Okay. My, my suggestion is just create one more line. Like people with pre-orders who just want to get the pre-order and not right. buy anything. Right. One with pre-orders plus they want to buy, and then one right. who are just showing up. Right. And yeah. I, think, I, think, I think somebody had mentioned that as well. It's, uh, it's the queuing space that we have to make sure we have. Okay. So uh, thank you for that. And it may be that we move to a different location that has better line capacity areas. And then for line capacity thing, um, this I think this complaint that happens every year with the exit of Hall H after a big panel, let's say Marvel Studios. So people like myself who are waiting to try to get to Kevin Smith, we have to wait till that huge mass of people come out. Is there any way that they could be diverted the other direction so that we can just keep it as a rotating thing? The problem with that is um, I don't I don't know. It depends upon the time of day and what's out front. Okay. Um, they try to make sure to, to move people in a certain direction just for safety's sake so that it isn't. And you'll see that upstairs, too. You know, it used to be um, we're in the sales pavilion right now. And if you were to go across to the to the sixes and sevens, um, it used to be that you could just walk in and out of rooms. Right. That isn't the case anymore. Now you have to. It's unique to Comic-Con. Now you have to walk into a room on one side and you walk out of room on the other side. Correct. And that's to uh, prevent people running into each other and things like that, which you wouldn't think that they would. Right. But when you're talking about thousands of people, there really has to be a, a flow situation. I think that's may, maybe what the whole age thing is, but I'll look into that. Yeah, because right now the exit is cutting through the people entering, yeah. cutting through the people who passing through. Well, the so funny thing is, you know, Hall H was never supposed to be uh, a theater. Correct, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think when you, when you create a solution for one problem, you might... 
create a little bit of, a, of another problem. That was just supposed to be an exhibit hall, so you would never have that type of traffic. Uh, so the, the spaces outside aren't necessarily made to accommodate the people leaving in, in the droves that they yeah. do. Uh, that being said, we're very you know uh, careful about security and all that, so we try to make it the best we can, but clearly it needs more, more study and attention. And on the subject of Hall H, every year I always seem to be the guy defending Hall H and how you guys are running things because there's always for me, why don't they just make it a ticket of bench? Why don't they clear out their room? Well, can, can you tell the listeners sure. your stock answer? On why Hall H is the way it is, we can make it a. We can make a lot of what a lot of people would like us to do is to clear the event, the room out. That takes a total of about forty-five minutes, maybe an hour. And the reason being is there's six thousand five hundred people, mm-hmm. uh, and there are of different abilities to get in and out. Some are children, some are in wheelchairs, some just walk slow. I'm a slow walker, uh, and as you look at the configuration of the room, it's like when you get out of an airplane. Everybody doesn't just stand up and exit. You have to almost kind of do it in rows because it's just like only a, a handful of exits. We could do that in a Hall H, but that would cut off about an hour per panel per day. So right. if there's a panel from 10 to 11, then we couldn't have a panel from 11 to 12. Yep. A panel from 12 to 1, then no panel from 1 to 2. So all of a sudden, if you can fit five or six panels into a room, you may only be able to have three panels. And then all of a sudden, people are going to complain because, and rightly so, why don't you have more programming in a Hall H? Right. So it's a, it's, a, it's a trade-off. Also, people have asked us to have a lottery system where uh, if, you know, uh, you, you can pay a premium to actually be in the room. Uh, people have said, just in terms of Comic-Con, if you increase the prices, uh, less people will come. And it'll be less crowded. But the people who are really the, the, the big fans will attend. You know what? When I first started going to Comic-Con and other conventions, I didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that, you know, I could spend my $40 for the week. It was a very long time ago. Yes. Um, get into the show, have a good time, uh, and have the same access that everybody else did. So we try to stay away from the VIP stuff. We try to try to make it as... Amenable for everybody. Mm-hmm. Again, if we get a, a, a convention center expansion, hopefully that will solve some of the right. problems. But until then, I think, you know, they're trying to make the best of a bad situation. Yeah, a lot of people are asking the whole, like, I want to just see X panel. Why can't I just go to that one? And why do I have to stay throughout the whole thing? Yeah, that because kind of stuff, yeah. and the, the real situation is there are about 140,000, well, 130 plus thousand right. people at Comic-Con. That room sits six thousand seats six thousand five hundred people, uh, and three thousand members of the press. Almost every member of the press wants to be in that room during mm-hmm. a certain panel. The press oftentimes isn't very happy because at other events they have reserved seating. Right. So if we reserve three thousand seats for the media, that means there would only be three thousand five hundred seats for the rest of the people. I think at any panel, there's probably more than 3,500 people who want to see that panel. Right. So even if we didn't accommodate the press and just said 6,500 seats, with 130 plus thousands of people at the show, there's usually more people who want to be in that theater than we can accommodate. So you're right. I don't want to see panel one and two. I just want to see panel three. But there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who want to see that same panel. Yeah. What I usually tell people is like, where are you going to put all the different lines? 
That's all you tell and that's them. the other thing yeah. too. You know, people don't realize that Comic Con is kind of a unique event, and that is when they build convention facilities, they account for uh, traffic and things of that nature. They don't always think of standing room only lines. So, um, you'll look at how we place our lines. Sometimes we have to make breaks for doors. We have to, you know, stuff like that. That's because buildings don't often think about. I mean. Think about other conventions you've gone to, not necessarily science fiction, but whether it's medical conventions, advertising conventions, marketing conventions, whatever types of conventions, web building conventions, there aren't thousands of people in the line. Comic-Con is very different because the fans really love the content that's here, so there's lines and we have to make the best of what a, what buildings aren't typically you know made to handle. So you're right. Where do you put all those lines? Right. So now more for... Happier questions. Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> we are celebrating Comic-Con. We are celebrating Batman's 80 years. So my one Batman question for you. Favorite Batman gadget? Oh, my gosh. You know what? Uh, <laughs> I have to tell you. Was it the, the, the Batarang? Was that the... Oh, yeah. The, the Batarang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Toss Yeah, yeah. I, you know, because I always thought that... Was, I, I don't know why. I always thought that was very cool. But um, if we're talking bigger gadgets, I mean, I loved... Uh, you know what? I, it's interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a huge Superman fan, and I actually love Superman. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I love about Batman is where Superman can basically do anything, and I love Superman because of that. I love that Batman um, has to have gadgets, so it almost seems more real. Does that okay. make sense? You know, it's almost like it's. I mean, they're far out. For a billionaire, it's real. For a billionaire, of course, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> if everybody had a couple of billion dollars, you could do whatever you want to do. Right. But uh, it's it's. I like that. I like that uh, aspect of uh, of a superhero that has to rely on technology, right? Or a superhero that has to rely on hardware, or a superhero that has to rely on something that, uh, in theory, we all would have access to. But so it isn't just that. He's this guy. He's this guy who has to use tools to accomplish what it is he does. So, yeah, the battering. But there's, you know, there's a ton of other stuff that he does that, that I think are very cool. Right. And with the 50th year for Comic Con, um, to answer your question, favorite year? Uh, no, no, not favorite year. Let's not do that. Um, a memory that you want to share to the listeners, as well as the craziest memory that you want to share to the listeners. I think the, uh, the my favorite memory was. Probably one of, my, and I don't know which year it was, but uh, probably one of my first years coming to the convention. I remember uh, walking on the, the exhibit hall was called the dealers' room at the time. Right. And I remember I still call it the dealers' room, by the way. Yeah, and most people do. Most <laughs> yeah. people do. Uh, I would. I remember walking onto the floor and being uh, surprised by what was there. I mean, not just a ton of comic art, and of course, I look back on that now and think, oh my gosh, there was stuff that was so historic uh that uh, i wish i would have had the wherewithal to buy mm-hmm. but um i remember finding old movie posters and old oh, movie scripts and right. old movie headshots and people used to sell trailers like the you know after a commercial would appear in a movie theater they'd throw it away and some people would go through the dumpsters and save them um, i was just amazed at how much pop culture material was at comic-con i remember there was a gentleman who sold old tv guides I remember a gentleman who sold, um, may have been the same guy, old Playboy magazines, old Time magazines. Right. And you know what? You It was literally like, I love history. It was literally like going into a library 
and looking at different aspects of culture and the history of that culture. Whether it was uh, Playboy magazine and 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 uh, not only the images but the stories they highlighted, or TV Guide, which you know, of course, the pictures also, but the types of different stories, whether how how comedy had changed over the years, or how dramas had changed over the years, or how television had changed. It was just remarkable being a really big fan of television and film that I loved about it. But if I have one story that I, I like to talk about, it's when I was a big fan of Matt Groening when he used to do yes. a, uh, a strip called Life in Hell. And I don't know how I knew what he looked like, but I did. And I was walking through the old convention of Performing Arts Center, and I saw a gentleman sitting on the stairs. And I thought, oh, my God, that's Matt Groening. And I had just bought his book, which was this really big like uh, book uh, on um, Life in Hell. And I said, uh, oh, Mr. Groening, you know, I'm a big fan. Can, can you autograph this for me? And he kind of looked at me and said, sure. I think he was surprised that anybody knew who he was. But he didn't just... He didn't just autograph it. He uh, drew a big drawing of Binky, one of the oh. rabbits, and then you know, yeah. to my pal David, and I was like in heaven. And it was, it was very weird to see somebody whose work you really appreciated, mm. and you got their sense of humor, their sensibility, a stranger who understood you in a certain way, and then to be able to meet that person. And I was too young to talk to him much. I just said thank you, and like went on my way. Um, and now, if it was to happen today, you know, I, I hope that I, I'd be able to, you know, ask him a few questions. Oh, nice. Do you have a crazy or a surprise moment? Would you like to share? Uh, I remember, I don't know if we talked about this, but I remember years ago, William Shatner came to the convention. Right. Yeah, yeah. and I have to tell you, he was really a very nice guy. I think, uh, you know, there are stories out there about him that uh, I found him to just be the nicest guy um, he helped us a lot but the thing that that he did he was promoting uh, uh, some books he was writing and he spent a good portion of the morning with us and then when he left i because i was a huge star trek fan i remember thinking to myself oh my gosh there goes captain kirk i like i geeked out after he left and um over the course of years I've been very lucky to meet people who are really, you know, incredibly talented artists in a variety of different mediums. I got to present an Icon Award to Neil Gaiman one year. Mm. And I remember my friend Sybil was like, oh, my gosh, you got to meet him. What's he like? And on and on. You know, and it was like, well, he's a nice guy. Uh, but it was, it was amazing to me that we're this little comic book convention, and yet we get to meet it's not just that we get to meet these people. These people come to Comic-Con to meet and talk to the fans. Right. What a, what a great experience for everybody. Yeah, totally, totally. I want to tell people, like, everybody talks about the panels, which is great and all that stuff. But the things that I remember the most are hardly about the panels. It's about the random things that you encounter during Comic-Con. Yeah. Those are the things that stick in your head. Yeah, you know, yeah. Comic-Con really is about community. We're all here because we love art. We love pop culture. I, I may like something different than you like, but I love the fact that you have a passion for what you like, and I hope you'll appreciate the passion that I have. And I think it creates a little family. And for four and a half days out of the summer, we come from all over the world. We are under one roof. We Some of us dress up in costumes. Some of us don't. Uh, but we all share this love that we have. And then on Sunday night at 5 o'clock, it all ends. 
and uh, we all wait for the following year. So it's a little sad, but um, it's great that we had to have the, we got to have the experience. So I, I always hope that people experience that when they come to Comic Con. It's the community. It really is. And I think part of that was also a lot to do with John Rogers. You know, unfortunately, he wasn't able to make it to the 50th year. Yeah. But what would you like to tell the listeners about the former president of Comic-Con and like so, who he is to Comic-Con? So John was really a unique person. John was very quiet. I don't know if you've ever seen John, but John, you know, wasn't a big smiler. Mm-hmm. But it didn't mean that he wasn't uh, happy. <clears throat> John had a very wry and funny sense of humor. Uh, John understood that uh, Comic-Con existed because of the fans. Right. I tell a story that John was incredibly fiscally conservative. He, uh, he left us a great legacy um, that allows us to do things like the Comic-Con Museum and other endeavors because he was very good with the money. But he never, he never told me... I mean, I get a budget like everybody else. Okay. But he never told me, you know what? You got to increase the bottom line. You need to sell more tickets. That was never his thing. His thing was make sure that what we do is a service to the fans. We put on the type of convention we want to attend. And he was keenly aware that sometimes it took money to do the things that we had to do. And I appreciated that. But um, John had a great laugh. Um, I have to tell you, and I know this happens because I've lost loved ones before, but boy, there have been a couple times this weekend where I, I thought I saw John. And, you know, it was somebody who looked like him or, you know, uh, and uh, it, he is really, really missed. Uh, he had a great foresight. I think we are as big as we are today because of him uh, and as popular. And uh, I'm sorry he didn't get to see physically the 50th year right but i have no doubt he's with us here in spirit i really don't of course a lot of, and a lot of people who just kind of barely know him from the talk back they, they do appreciate that the president of comic-con was actually the person you're complaining to directly absolutely you yeah. know i remember a, a funny story i don't know if i ever told you this um we used to sit up on a panel and all of us would take notes and he said mm-hmm. you know what let me uh, let me go up there and you know I'll, I'll field the questions okay so we were sitting there and i saw him playing on his phone and i thought oh my god what are you doing and uh, finally, I walked up and said, John, you, what are you doing? He said, I'm taking notes. I said, oh, well, you got to let the public know that because it looks like you're playing a video game. And John, <laughs> yeah. this is perfect. <laughs> Why would they think that? I'm all, I don't know. He's, and he looks up and he's all, and he, and he showed his ca- his uh, phone to the people. Just letting you know I'm taking notes. And people are like, oh. <laughs> is that the reason why occasionally when on the talkback he will say, I'm taking notes. Yes, yes, <laughs> right it now. is. It is exactly because it looked like he was like you know, I don't know, playing Tetris or something, you know. Right. But but his but his answer was so John. It's like why? It's not logical that somebody would think that. Why would they? Th- I don't know, John. I'm just saying, you know, I thought that. Well, I don't know why you would. I'm, well, I I don't know. So <laughs> he'll definitely be missed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, He's very well. Would you like to tell the listeners on the person who's replacing him? One, I'm not sure what's the word to use. Replacing, taking over. But, yeah, I don't uh, think you could ever replace John. Yeah. We have a good structure here. We have a new president, and she uh, she has been with the organization for a very long time. Uh, she was uh, recently elected. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think she's... Uh, it's great that she's been with the organization for, I think, 34 or, or, or maybe even 40 years. Uh, so she has an understanding of how things go. She worked very closely with John and with Faye and... Yeah, I think uh, I think we're in good hands. You know, what's your name? A, a Robin. Robin. And yeah. I think it's a, a testament to uh, 
to her and the board and everyone uh, that the convention has, you know, gone on hopefully successfully uh, with all of them in place. And I, I talked, to, I talked to Robin, Robin in WonderCon, and I asked her well, like what what her plans are for the fifth yet, and she told me that it's gonna be pretty much how John would have run it, right? And being here the past four days, it does feel like. John was running it because he hasn't yeah. really felt different. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we, we, we've had some great panels on the retrospective of, of Comic-Con. We've yes. had old people who, uh, not old people, we've had people who've been with us for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, who were here during the very first convention. Um, you know, ability to look past, talk about what happened, but, uh, you know, keeping our eyes on the future. So to t- top it off with the Comic-Con question, uh, here's the question I usually put you in the spot for, but it can't be too bad. Not this time, not this time. <laughs> Out of the four Comic-Con enamel pins available for attendees, the original Golden State Comic-Con, the Wing logo, the Toucan logo, and the Modern logo, which one is your favorite? I, I, this is going to, I think, surprise people because um, I think a lot of people like the winged logo, okay. which I do. But for me, the, uh, the Golden State pin. Oh, all right. And I think because... Especially this year, it really harkens back to our roots, and it shows people that Comic-Con was about comics, but it was also about film, and it was also about fantasy literature. And people don't, you know, newcomers to Comic-Con don't realize that. Right. They think it was only about comics, and it never was just about comics. And uh, I think they do a good job on that pen. Sorry, I love that pen. Oh, nice. What's your favorite? The toucan. Oh, is that really? oh yeah. Yeah, the toucan's great, that's too, when right? I, that's when I came into Comic-Con. Right, right, yeah. right. Oh, well, you came in very early then, 90s, right? Nice, yeah. Oh, okay, great, yeah. I think all the pens turned out really well. Yeah, they, they're, they're really nice. And that's yeah. part of the reason why the line was super long, because people yeah. wanted those pins. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Well, yeah. once again, thank you very much, David, for, for joining me for this conversation Always again. Always my pleasure. Yeah. Always my pleasure. Thank you so like much. Like we were saying, this is our tradition. It is, it is. And we have to keep it going. Yes, yes, let's, let's do that. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, that was uh, the interview with David Glanzer. I uh, hope that was very informative. I think I feel like I did most compl- I did complain a lot, maybe kind of thing. I kind of wish I didn't like keep bringing up some like uh, bad comments that he had to respond to, but that's kind of how it went. Uh, you can contact him, well, I guess through Comic Con. So that's comic con.org. It's not a com, it's an org. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce our uh, co-host for the rest of the episode here. We got Derek from the Geek Damn Fancast. Hey, Derek, yay! Uh, he was on the last year's San Diego Comic-Con episode for the Stuff and Junk show, so I figured maybe this is kind of a new tradition, like I do, because Jiaoming would rather be at the hotel than, than, than doing stuff like this. I think he isn't even here in San Diego, isn't he? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking now. Oh, yeah. You can talk. <laughs> Hello, Derek. I thought it was... Never mind. I thought we were doing the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We're good. We're good. We're good. You're um, good. Uh, hi. This is John Ming. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, wait. That's not him. No. Yeah. Um, yeah I, uh, John Ming wants his air conditioning, and I'm okay. I'm sitting here like a fried lobster right now, which is the complete opposite of what John Ming would want to be. Yeah, that is very true. That's very true. Yeah. And uh, then, if people could see me, they would be laughing very heartedly at my uh, tones and shades of red. Because uh, the although it wasn't very hot out here, uh, I found a way to even if it's not that hot, you stay out in the sun long enough, you will fry. Yes. And so uh, yeah, I was a victim of that because that's just how things worked out this weekend. Yeah, and then I'm pretty sure if we could get Ruthie out over here, I'm sure he'll probably she'll probably enjoy the convention more than Jamming would. <laughs> right. But anyways, but Jamming would like the ladies. Yeah, but he le- definitely would enjoy all those ladies walking around because they look beautiful. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you.
As of this recording, it is currently 7.54 on July 21st at the San Diego Convention Center. And it's time to take a look and see what's going on. Oh, the return of Batman. He's he's still here. You know, where, where Batman is in it, he's not part of the Avengers. And the Avengers Endgame <laughs> has finally passed Avatar to become the biggest movie in history worldwide, with some caveats. With with a wonderful coincidence that it happens at Comic-Con, so Kevin Feige can sit there in front of the world and say, oh, by the way, we won. <laughs> yeah, it makes you, what, is it a conspiracy? Did they like suddenly like buy a lot of seats? <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, don't, I almost don't even understand how mathematically it worked out to when they broke it right for Comic-Con. That's very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, as of July 20th, I know this is July 21, um, the, uh, Avengers was at $2.7902 billion, while Avatar is at $2.7897 billion, right? So, they, and then now they surpassed them. But see, all this, I'm sure you've, if I recall correctly, you've had this discussion. Mm-hmm. Many people, if they're box office With their film buff nerds, yeah. that it's like, Sure, go and throw the dollar value in there, but I would still prefer to break it down by tickets and by people Correct. versus money because that's all the difference. It's like, oh, sure, go ahead and say you've made more money from a movie that's like, what, 10 years old? Yes, that's true. So but if, you go, like, if you base it on inflation, Avatar is still in the lead. But of course, yeah. if you base it on inflation, God with the win will never be defeated. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. So like, yeah. it's one of those things like, go ahead and toot your to- your horn all you want. But in a way, you're still not winning. <laughs> true, true. But but if you just go by the numbers, Endgame can say that they're the top grossing movie of all time. I, I understand. But like I said, the inflation thing is kind of a, a nitpicky thing with me. The only thing about it, though, is that they're nowhere close to have defeated Force Awakens in domestic. So at least they got oh, this. Oh, okay. So oh, yeah, they're only talking worldwide. They're only talking worldwide. Okay. And domestic, domestically, there's, there's not even it's not even much of a battle. Uh, Force Awakens still has it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, interesting. That's the reason why they never mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, right. They don't want to be reminded. Yeah. Well, speaking of movie, J- JJ's still sitting over there, like oh, still got nothing on me, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of movie releases, uh, Justice League released the Snyder Cat banners were flown over San Diego Comic Con. Did you see one? I didn't see one. No, but people, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Apparently, I'm like, how are you bringing up the one thing? I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, I, just I haven't seen it, but I saw the article says that supposedly there was a plane with a banner that says, you know, release the center cut. I guess maybe. I mean, we were indoors a good amount of time, so I guess True. it's completely possible. True. But I mean, it's like, can you guys give it a rest already? <laughs> I mean, yeah. seriously, now. Come on. Come on. I, I'm very over it. I could care less. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy with the play was probably, was, he himself was probably like, why am I doing this? <laughs> only, only, yeah, he's like, I'm only getting paid to do this. Yeah. Well, speaking of flights, uh, Southwest Airlines gave passengers a free Nintendo Switch on the San Diego bound flight from where they came from. I kind of wish I would knew where they came from here. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was like, it's just wherever? Oh, Dallas. Oh, Dallas okay. to San Diego. Flight 2246. Oh, a specific flight? Yeah, we're given a Nintendo Switch and a download code for the digital version of Super Mario Maker 2. Because? Were they, were they allowed to keep it, though? Because? I, I think it was a promotional thing. Ah, okay. There's a promotional thing for uh, Let's Play Getaway Sweepstakes. All righty, then. Hmm. He doesn't say here if they were allowed to keep the switch or not. <laughs> uh, my money would be no. My money would be there's, no. There's as well. no way to know, but my money would be no. Yeah, but speaking of going to San Diego, yes, uh, Cory Booker, presidential presidential candidate, Cory Booker, was in Geek Love Heaven at Comic Con. Apparently, he visited. Did you notice that? No, me neither. Uh, your your listeners probably don't know, but if anyone by some chance that listens to my podcast and yours. 
I'm not the most political savvy person. My co-host, Mr. Michael Ladioni, is the political savvy one of the two of us. Well, all I got to say is, did they make Kurt Booker uh, stand in line? <laughs> Probably <laughs> not, right? Probably not. He's He gets a pass. Yeah. And he was all like, oh, yeah, my favorite captain in Star Trek is Picard. You know? <laughs> my wife is Rosario Dawson, who was in that Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> And that wife. Oh, still, still, is that who it girlfriend. is? Yeah, still the guy that's dating Rosario. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I know who that is, and I only know because of that. Of course, you know that's shallow of me, but that's how I know who he is. Okay, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah I not, wouldn't recognize him if he walked in front of me, but I know who he is. Yeah, I don't think he's married yet. I, I think they're still dating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, he wants to be hip with the Comic Con crowd. And there's Game of Thrones. I still haven't watched the last season. Do not ruin it for me. Oh Apparently, my god, kind of stuff, you know. buddy, come on! It's like eight episodes. Sack it up. Or yeah. se- six. Six or eight? You mean the season, the last season? Yeah. Seven, wasn't it? I can't remember. I think it was eight. Brian Farley. I think it's eight. But either way. Speaking of politicians, yes. uh, Orlando Bloom claims San Diego mayor ran from Comic-Con exhibit featuring immigrant characters. Dun, dun, dun. Shots fired. Shots fired indeed. Supposedly, what does he care? He's British. He'll shoot down someone in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, so this is uh, San Diego mayor Kevin Falconer. Apparently, he went to the Amazon uh, Prime video exper- experience thing that we went to also, okay. and he went to the Carnival Row. Okay. And in Carnival Row, they give you a card de- determining if you are, uh, what was it again? An identity card, whether uh-huh. you are a creature or a human, okay. right? And the creatures are immigrants, I guess. Mm-hmm. And according to Landa Bloom, he said that, um, oh, no, I can't have anything to do with immigration and run out of the activation. <laughs> Right, that's what that's what he Aranda Bloom claims, and that's what some people who were around him also claimed. Wow, was said. Of course, the official stance was, "Oh no, 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 he didn't have time to do it. That's why he had to go." If I can't, this is where I'll, I'll I'll say this without with complete ignorance of what actually happened. Of course, of course, I can't believe even if that's what was in his head, that's what he said. Who would be that dumb? Who would be that dumb? Right? Yeah, <laughs> like you, even if, let's just say theoretically, maybe he was thinking that no one would. Why would you say that out loud? Even if he was joking, why would you say it out loud? Yeah, right. I, I find that hard to believe. I don't know much about the San Diego mirror. I mean, if you're, I don't either, but I still find that hard to believe. <laughs> right. So, but they, supposedly, you know, multiple witnesses against him. So, I mean, mm, rah, 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 rah. anyone can make shit up, though. Yeah. Well, speaking of ignorance, uh, a Mark Hamill lookalike called Fluke Skywalker blows minds at Comic Con. As people think he's actually is this is this Jeff's picture? Yes. Oh, oh we get the true story on Jeff's picture. He just called you out, Jeff. You fell for it, Jeff. Yeah, because remember we were looking at the picture. Like, yeah. is, that, is that really him? We, like, we were. We, him. we we were wondering about this this morning, even. Yeah, and supposedly a lot of people thought that was really Mark Hamill. I mean, he, he looks did, so much he like did him. look really good. But to be honest, come on, would he really be walking around with no, no. bodyguards and whatnot? And I, I just, I, I mean, well, my dumbest thing about it is I told you he was in costume, and I didn't buy him being in costume. I didn't see Mark Hamill catering to the cosplay thing of just wandering around Comic Con cosplay. It's not to say that Mark Hamill's a stick in the mud, but I just, I don't know. I just didn't buy it. It's like, why would Mark Hamill just randomly go in cosplay and wander around the, the exhibit True. floor? It made no sense to True. me at all. He was also in his last Jedi outfit, too. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of weird. <laughs> but yeah, if you ever you click on the link on the show notes, guys, uh, he looks so much like the real Click Mark on Hamill. Jeff Altman's Instagram feed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of photos, I I put, I put it down in my show notes. I do have my old photo bucket account. That's right, photo bucket. Wow, I remember that. And it, I I have the link to my folders from Comic Con photos that I took from 2002 to 2010. If you're curious, go ahead, take a lick, take take a lick, take a link, and then lick it. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> take a link. <laughs> Click on the link. There you go. Click on the link. 
And then lick it. As you can tell, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's been five days of Comic-Con for Albert, and it's finally coming to a head. Well, technically, it's five nights and four... No, no, five <laughs> nights. Five nights and four days. Five See, nights yeah, and four days. Yeah, I stand, I stand, you know, right on this. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's going on. Uh, before we move on and talk about our general San Diego 2019 experience, uh, just in case the listeners actually care, Derek, where can people find you online? Uh, no, okay. Uh, they can find me at the Geek Potato on the tweets and the IG. And uh, more importantly, though, you can find my podcast with my wonderful friend Michael Adiona on the Geekdom Fancast on iTunes, all podcast apps, Spotify, blah, 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 blah. Um, and also, we are on all social media as the Geekdom Fancast or at Geekdom Fancast. And uh, we will be putting up all our Comic Con pictures and videos and stuff soon. Did Apple say that we're not allowed to call out iTunes anymore since iTunes doesn't exist? It's supposed to be Apple Podcast now? I have no idea. I don't know either. I don't even know if I have a hyperlink I will say for... iTunes because I know that's where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing though. We're, I, I think supposedly we're supposed to have an Apple Podcast link as well because we are an iTunes. I hear people say Apple Podcasts all the time and I just, I don't even know what that is. It's a podcast app on your Apple iOS device. But that's what I'm saying. Like I've never used it or... You know, of course not. You have an Android phone. Of course you. But that's what I'm saying. So to me, it's just weird. Like, and I, and anytime someone talks about getting music or using music or anything, they say about iTunes. So I never, I except for people I hear promote stuff about Apple Podcasts. I never hear someone say like, "Oh yeah, I was listening to this podcast yesterday on Apple Podcasts." I never hear anyone talk like that. You know, it's true because it's still relatively new. I think it's been a couple months now. Yeah, it's like, oh, I bought this new album on Apple Podcast, you know, or whatever. You know, like I never hear that. You know what doesn't also happen that doesn't that doesn't help Apple? Uh, You don't have Apple Podcasts on the other platforms out there. So yeah, that doesn't (laughs) help Apple. Oh yeah, where was I? Oh yeah. And this is Albert. You can find me on the, what do you call it? The tweets and the IG. And Albert 5 I forget who I, was, I think I got that from <laughs> fucking Chris Hardwick. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my Twitter, Instagram, at Albert5x5. You can uh, find me on the other podcast, Extra Stuff Extra Spoils. I was supposed to put sp- uh, extra Sadia Comic Con content there, but that's actually not happening this year. So I'll figure something else out. Um, you can find me on the weekly comic strip, which is actually Comic Con related, the most recent one. I saw it. Oh, you saw it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then um, I don't know how you had the time to do it, but yes, I saw it. Well, if you read the comic strip, then you'll know how I had the time to do it. <laughs> and then, uh, and then you can also find me on my uh, my uh, no spoilers. I saw the movie blog uh, movie review site. Okay. I have a question, yes. for you, even though it's your show, but I think it's relevant, and I'm going to finally ask it, even though I've always wondered it. Okay, why is it Albert Five by Five? Oh, oh, are you are you familiar with Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Sort of. Sort of. Okay. I mean, I know the character. I know the characters, but I can't, I'm can't. i not by any you means familiar, a dedicated follower of fair, it. Fair enough. Are you familiar with Aisha Dushku? Yes. Okay. She played the character named Faith, Faith. in Buffy. Yeah. In, in that one, Eliza Dushku is very responsible for me watching any of that show at all, actually. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> and, and one of her catchphrases, in quotes, catchphrases, is when they ask her if she's okay, she goes, five by five. Uh, right, and that's actually that was that, that introduced me to trucker talk because apparently that's what truckers say five by five, which is also another way of saying I'm fine or yeah. fine, I'm okay kind of thing. And then for whatever reason, it kind of stuck. Was five is my favorite number, so I, that all makes sense. Yeah, I just didn't know. Prior to that, my 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 go to username was actually Patrick zero zero five. Should I even say this on the on the on the podcast? It's but, not nearly as interesting. Uh, <laughs> the five by five is yeah. way more interesting. So, so, so when I got rid of the, when I when I was introduced to five by five, I'm like I'm like 
oh, I should just take that. <laughs> and I'm sure no one would probably, I mean, besides even, I bet I could find Derek 5x5 or, you know, whatever. I bet, yeah, no, one, I bet yeah. no one uses that. I'm sure That's somebody, tra- so I'm, I'm sure so whoever else was after me that wanted Albert 5x5, I'd be like, who the hell is using Albert 5x5? <laughs> it's me, buddy. It's me. He's like, God damn you. I'm a trucker. I deserve it. <laughs> my, my only problem is that the phrase 5x5 five five isn't spelled out 5x5. Five five. So every time I had to say it, I would say Albert 5x5, mm-hmm. you know, just because to make it easier because I don't want to have to explain to people, well, you know, when you when you multiply things, it's by, yeah. you know. So it's so 5x5, five five, but you know what? 5x5, five five. <laughs> right? So that's what I You know what I always, uh, I will admit that, um, wait, um, I always thought it was like kind of a play on your, um, your network, but it doesn't completely work. But yeah. I thought it was kind of a play on it. But there is you know, there is actually a uh, website there, a network website called Five by Five, and it's spelled Five B Y Five. Interesting. Yeah, there's a game, there's a video game podcast I listen to there that that is under Five by Five. Oh, yeah, so, so there we go. Right, catching on. Uh, if you want to send us email, especially about my username, I guess. <laughs> uh, now that it, I just got you on a tangent, send, send it to who at worst why at gmail.com. If you want to send us a quick comment, send it to our Instagram page, our Facebook page, or on the website itself. If you want to show your support, because we need it, head over to whowhatworswhere.com slash support to find out how. You mean Music you're not, you're not rich? Prov- what? No, I'm not rich. Uh, music has been provided by the Y-Axis. Find them at the yaxis.bandcamp.com, as well as Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. Or the tweets, as he calls it. Tweet? The, <laughs> the tweets. tweets. The tweets. Tweet the tweet bird. All right, let's talk Comic-Con, Comic-Con, Comic-Con. San Diego Comic-Con 2019, also, a.k.a. Yeah, I wish I could have gone. Comic-Con did 50. you have fun? I didn't get to go. So did you have a good time? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I, d- I just sat home and watched it on, uh, what, what do the kids use? Reddit or whatever? Reddit, I just yes. watched it on there. <laughs> yes, yes. We're, we're almost at the one hour mark of the, of the podcast. So like, maybe we should actually talk about it. <laughs> Albert, you've listened to my podcast before. You know we're not always good at getting to the point. Yes, Mike and I are really true. good at running on uh, tangents and just falling off the rails. So yes, I yes. can't make any promises yes. so here. To my old listeners who, who used to love me only having a 30-minute episodes, I apologize. <laughs> they have blown up to like an hour and a half average nowadays. But but yeah. But yeah, uh, our Comic-Con experience, Derek, uh, do tell, do tell. Well, unfortunately this year, Albert, uh, you know, Normally, Comic-Con starts on Wednesday with preview night and then mm-hmm. goes into four days of Thursday through Sunday. Um, I did Are not you ha- asking me what I did for preview night? Let me tell you. <laughs> no, no, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. What do you think this is, your show? <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, this year, um, luck would not be on my side and my boss at work, because, you know, unfortunately, I have a regular job, um, decided to not want to give me my time off for reasons that I will not bore the listeners. So I missed preview night. Um, for probably the first time in about maybe five years. And on top of it, uh, I didn't get to leave until Thursday afternoon because I had to work Thursday as well. Ouch. Um, and I missed a good chunk of Thursday for the first time in probably over 10 years. Wow. So not trying to be dramatic fanboy, just saying this in, in sense of like what I was able to go to or catch. or So I, I missed stuff that I would have really liked to have seen. And I got a late start because, and also I missed preview night. So I missed a lot of, swag or uh getting stuff you know so so for pre- when, during preview night and uh thursday morning i guess were you going at work going like i wasn't even supposed to be here <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you clerk listeners know my joke but yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah so so here real quick preview night uh preview nights was pretty simple for me i essentially i do what i normally do every year i go down every single aisle 
usually in a fast pace. Yeah. And I try and go through all the aisles, get all my merchandise if possible because I, I don't want to carry that for the rest of the rest of the con. Yeah. You know, and so that's exactly what I did. Uh, you know, in a very, it hasn't been, it's been a long time since I've walked through all of the exhibit hall aisles during preview night. So, so that's great. I was able to pull it, pull it off. That mean that, that means the, the pressure of me walking through the aisles because I'm OCD uh, was, was, was taken <laughs> really? away. Are you really? I'm kind of OCD. In the, but in that sense, it's like if someone says, "Hey, Albert, let's jump over this aisle," you're like, "But, but, but, but I miss, but I miss aisle 400." Yeah, let's just go to six real quick. But, but I miss four. <laughs> well, there's there's some truth to that. There was one year where I could not finish all of the aisles at, at the exhibit hall, and it bugged you. And it, it kind of bugged me, yeah. I mean, when it was a left comic on, it kind of went out of my head. But it, it was kind of like, I kind of missed like two aisles or something. I mean, there could have been something there that I wanted to see. Yeah, but the, but the you know, I've 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 I had that back in my younger days, and I've yeah. gotten past that you now though, because now I'm just like whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, the only problem with that is that since I walk fast, I just kind of glance, look, glance, look, and then I'll stop if I see something I like. Uh, apparently, there were things that I would have liked to have seen if I stopped, bought her. The bother to take a look at it because some of my friends have pictures of stuff they did down the exhibit hall, and I'm like, oh, I could have, I would have liked to have done that, mm-hmm. you know. But I just went past it because I didn't feel like I had the time. Um, a lot of those active activation stuff in the exhibit hall requires you to sign a line, so I probably just didn't have the patience to do that, so I just went right past it, you know. And there was a lot of that, and also noticed that a lot of companies in uh, Comic Con this year spent less on their boots. There, there seems to be less elaborate stuff happening at the exhibit hall. Which is fine with me. So, yeah. Marvel's is like actually really boring. They've been doing the same type booth for like five years at least. Saves huh? their money. Yeah, looks- I believe they repeat this that 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 boot that boot throughout all the conventions they go to. It looks boring as hell though. But I mean, if it Saves works, the money. Them, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, really, what does it matter? Your your panels are there to promote your product. You don't really need the booth to promote the product, right? And because that's so. the, that's the thing about the Marvel booth is that they don't really sell anything. They kind of well, they kind of do. There's some, some exclusive Comic Con stuff, but yeah, but that's than, it. But other than that, it's pretty much it. Yeah. So there's this big giant boot where they get to showcase their sh- stuff, and then there's some exclusive stuff they could buy. But yeah. that's about it. But I'm never, I never, I never stood in line for that. I just don't want to do it. Um, I, I will say this about preview night though. Okay, normally, normally, I'm surprised I didn't mention this to David Glancer, but I should have. Uh, but normally during preview night, there's a line upstairs, like that starts in the afternoon. For people to go into the exhibit hall, right? Yes. Because they were there first, they get to go down to the exhibit hall first, and then they're supposed to keep the doors out front closed until all those people in line upstairs go into the exhibit hall. When I went upstairs to look at the line, I was like, damn, the line's really long. You know, I just waited out, kind of thing. So we, I just kind of said, oh, let's wait it out, you know. Uh, last year when I did that, I think I waited 45 minutes before the doors up front were open, which I guess is fair. Uh, this year, however, not so much. They opened it right away. <laughs> so, so they opened it right away and I got right in. Um, better for you. Better for me. Yeah. Kind of sucks for the people who were in line for it. <laughs> right? So, I mean, I mean, I don't know if that was a mistake on Comic Con's part or a mistake on security's part. They just opened the doors. Yeah. Well, it's six o'clock. I guess we're supposed to open the doors, right? You know, so I don't know. But either way, kind of still kind of sucks for the people upstairs waiting to get in. Yeah. You know, but yeah, what can you do? And that was, that was essentially preview night for me. I took pictures. I bought stuff. Uh, I bought this like three three baby dragons like from Game of Thrones, like glow in the dark. Really? Yeah. Oh, that sounds fun. So, um, not, not real dragons, mind you, but but yeah. And, uh, and those were collectibles because they don't sell, they, they, they run out. So I made sure to buy it. I made sure to buy it before, before I left. And that's, I believe that's the only 
solid like item that I bought short of clothes. I bought like um, maybe f- I had like three new shirts that I have now. Yeah. So yeah, that was preview night for me. So moving on to Thursday. Thursday was my Hall H day. Wait a minute. Wait a yeah, minute. Yeah. Wait okay, a go minute. On, wait go on, a minute. Go on. Go on. Well, I, I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna nip this in the bud really quick so we don't even have to go back to it. All right. Um. So normally <clears throat> I would I would have shopped on preview night. You uh-huh. know, because that's the most opportune time to do it. Correct. And uh, also, you know, exclusive, whatever. But um, I did not, since I wasn't there and I didn't, you know, really have a chance to. Um, I It was really crazy because um, I did not buy anything until probably about three o'clock on Sunday, on Sunday, <laughs> which is insane to think about. But it just the first three days, I didn't even have a time. I was so busy with offsites and panels and being inside. I didn't even make it to the exhibit floor until Sunday. So it's just like a waste I'm of only, a badge, huh? Like a waste of a badge. How dare you? Um, but I'm only saying no because I did plenty of panels those that you need a badge for. But that's um, true. Uh, I'm only saying this in the context for the podcast in the sense that uh, it is such a different way for me to do the convention for me to go that long without being on the exhibit floor. And it just, I don't know, it kind of mentally threw me off a little. When I finally went in there on Sunday, I felt so discombobulated. I'm like, I don't know where anything is. I don't know where yeah. I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so This was the year that I had the least amount of time on the exhibit hall. It was literally just preview night, maybe an hour spread out between Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, you did do a lot of offsites. I did. I know that for a fact because I was around for them. <laughs> yeah, and, and and to prevent myself from feel, from feeling guilty of having an, a Comic Con badge and not be at the convention, I did go to panels every day. So, yeah. so there's that, right? So yeah, but Thursday for me was Hall H day. That's essentially I went. I showed up at I think eight o'clock in the morning. Stood in line for Hall H. Got in by by eleven o'clock. Uh, panels for Terminator Dark Fate started. Uh, what was kind of interesting was they had a oh, live... Oh, yeah, we know what's happening with this. Yeah, okay, they, they had a live feed of, of of James Cameron. Like, James Cameron was there as a, in a live feed while he was shooting Avatar in the background, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm trying to remember if this was the very first time they had a live feed this, done this way. And I think they have done it previously. Um, not that it was the best example. Uh, do you remember the Narnia movies? Uh yeah, I remember them. Chronicles of Narnia, I was really excited for it. They had Chronic, a like what goes in Narnia? Go on. <laughs> they had a live feed with um I believe it was just the director. It might have been one of the cast members. But, oh, but, you're right. But I believe it was just the director. They had a live feed with him all the way in, and it did not go well because it was huge gaps and yep. pauses. Yeah. And he had time delays, and it yep. it was terrible. I think I think there was a there was a time where they had Peter Jackson do one too, and that was also time delayed and whatnot. You're right. You're right. So in that case, but there is, hasn't been any. Then this, then then this one, then the James, the James Cameron one that happened on Comic Con 2019 was actually pretty impressive. Then, because if there was any kind of lag, it was maybe a second, maybe a second, which is actually pretty good, right? But there was what there was a point where we were not sure if it was live feed, even though it says live in the corner of the screen, mm-hmm. where Cameron was like, "Yeah, this is James Cameron. I'm in front of shooting Pandora." It's like, and he's like, "Are you guys there?" And then like like I, and then and the crowd goes, "Yeah, oh, there you are." So it confirmed, like, oh, hey, it's a live feed. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> right. So that's kind of cool, right? And then they brought out, like, the Terminator people, Tim Miller, um, the actor Linda Hamilton, Arnold Schwarzenegger was there. You know, the new cast members are there. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, I didn't realize that was Mackenzie Davis as the as the protector in Ter- Terminator Dark Fate for some reason. Okay. Because, you know, she's an indie girl. I guess I just didn't didn't put two and two together. Like, hey, that's Mackenzie Davis. I only knew it was her because um, I know her from Blade Runner, and um, I watched her 
TV show, which I'm completely brain farting on, the one she had on AMC. It's the only reason I know who she is. Okay, well, there we go then. So so I was shocked. And the other thing shocking about the panel was that so many cursing. So many f words. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it was very much a rated R kind of kind of kind of dialogue. Interesting. Uh, and I, I will I will repeat one of the one of the one of the rated R dialogues here. Okay, so well, I'll, I'll let, let me set it up. So apparently they had a bet. Arnold had a bet with with uh, the new Terminator guy. Uh, what's his name? Gabriel Luna. Gabriel Luna, the wannabe Ghost Rider. And uh, that, that that Tim Miller would would uh, would say the f word uh, more than five times. Or was it five or more for the con for the convention in in the panel? Okay, the fact that they they're making a bet at Comic Con where, where they tell you keep it P or a PG or at yeah, least yeah, yeah. you know whatever, um, they made that bet. So Tim Miller was saying the F words. Yeah, I think I believe he, he said it like ten times or something. Oh like my that, god! Right, and he wasn't the only one because he was saying it. The rest of the cast were doing the same thing. <laughs> Linda Hamilton said the F word, right? That doesn't surprise me at all. I don't see Little Hamilton giving a shit. True, true, true. But but the one dialogue that I would like to repeat. Was that when they were talking about Tim Miller saying the f words, Arnold goes like, "Ah, Tim Miller likes to say the word, but I actually do it." <laughs> Can you imagine that dialogue in oh Comic Con? At Comic Con, that is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So, and not only that, but so they showed the trailer earlier, like somewhere somewhere during the earlier time. And at the very end, Tim Miller was talking about, "Oh, last time I was here for Deadpool, you guys, you guys wanted to see the trailer twice, so you ke- you kept shouting to play it again, play it again, kind of thing, right? Uh, and then and then, um, but they were running behind, mm-hmm. right? So so they were leaving the stage, and then Tim Miller comes back out, and he's like, "Why isn't it playing?" kind of thing. And then he was like, he was like, he was like cursing it, like play the effing thing or <laughs> blah 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 blah, right? So they played it, they played yeah. the trailer again, and then as soon as the trailer ended. Moderator shows up. She's about to say a, a couple of closing words, and then runs out. Conan O'Brien. Yeah, right. Conan O'Brien shows up. He introduces like, "Here's the best action star in the world." Blah 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 blah. And Tom Cruise shows up. Tom Cruise says like, "Oh yeah, I shot this film like over 30 years ago here in San Diego, so it'll be appropriate for me to show you Top Gun Maverick." So they show the trailer. So it, it was kind of like an amazing moment because nobody saw it coming. Like we were all bewildered. We were everybody was going like, "What the hell's going on?" Well. I, I'll just say for sake of argument, I knew he was going to do something this weekend. I just knew it. I didn't know what, but he was something. But I will admit that considering there was no announced Top Gun panel, I would have been shocked yeah. too. Yeah, totally. Not only that, but you know, like towards the end of the Terminator panel, people were already filing out. Yeah. Right? Just imagine like suddenly like Conan O'Brien shows up. People are like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> and like, 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 hold on. I want to go back and no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the rest of it was the Batman Beyond panel retro- retrospective. A lot of people were hoping they were going to announce a live action movie, but that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. They announced Blu-ray, but it was it was nice to see the cast and all that stuff. Um, and then after that, there were other panels. Do I need to look at my? Uh, oh my! God. I thought you had your schedule in your hand. No, I wasn't my schedule. I have my, I have my I have my photos. My photos. I was oh, referring photos. to my photos okay. here. Here's the Conan O'Brien. Here's the Batman Beyond. And this is what panel is this? Oh, Agent of Shield. Duh. So Agent of Shield panel was on. I watched the show. I love the show. And I, I'm thinking they just the cast just recently found out that that they're ending their series after next season. Mm-hmm. So the atmosphere was very grim. It was very like dour, not dour, but um, sad. They were all sad. <laughs> they were all very sad. And then they were they were going through essentially, which is almost ridiculous because. Wh- Go on. I'm 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 not saying. As bad towards the actors as a family, and you know, because we know how much actors get close to each other, and especially that yeah. cast has always seemed really good. But in the sense of like, 
we all know it's not a huge hit ratings wise. We all know it's on the bubble like the last couple of years. Right. So they should be like thrilled that they're getting a proper ending and they're going to be able to go out, you know, oh, true. properly. But, but, but here's but the thing. I, though. But I think they're crying because of the act, the, them as a family, I think. No, it's true. I think it has a lot to do with that. Right. I mean, Mina Wen broke down in tears and yeah. the cameraman didn't want to keep showing her anymore because she okay. was crying. Um, uh, Clark Gregg would look like he was just annoyed the whole time or at least angry or, you know, kind of thing. But, you know, they were still joking. They were still joking around and all this stuff. Like, yeah. like Fitz, the actress who plays Fitzsimmons were, were adorable together. You, yeah. you almost think they were actually dating. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, uh, from what I understand, this is from an, another interview, not in Comic Con, but another interview. Okay. Um, Jeff Loeb said that they, it was their choice to end it. Because they said they got they got, they were they're sick and, not not sick and tired but they're tired of always not knowing whether they're coming back yeah, or see, not yeah exactly so they said we may as well go off we have may as well end it on our own terms. yeah see I I totally agree with that yeah because but great decision yeah but apparently there's there's an executive in the ABC who's a fan of the show and that's probably the reason why it's still around but still like as a creative team it's got to be really annoying to try to write your season not knowing if you're gonna be able to complete it or not or yeah. not knowing it's like should we leave a cliffhanger yeah. should we not leave a cliffhanger. I don't disagree. And especially the way that Marvel Studios is going with the whole like, hey, we're creating our own Marvel TV shows and it's not related to yours. Plus, isn't this, so what, it's going to be season seven? Season seven would be the last. That's a good run. Yeah, it's a good That's run. That's an incredibly good run, especially yeah. in today's day and age. Yeah, although the last, counting seven. I mean, how much do you want? You're true, not going to be true. supernatural. Yeah, they're, they're like, they have like 130 something episodes. Yeah. Okay, so it's good. It's a really good run. But yeah. like you said, the, the cast are probably like, oh, yeah. we're family. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So uh, then after that, after that was the I believe was the uh, HBO show, uh, His Dark Materials. Is that right? His Dark Materials. I'm looking at my photos again. Photos, photos. Yes, His Dark Materials. I didn't know the lead girl in that movie uh, was the girl in Logan. The that's the only thing I knew. <laughs> that's the only thing you knew. Um, it does have Lin Manuel Miranda. That was shocking. He's actually in it. He's in, yeah, he's in part of the cast. Oh, I thought he was like a producer or something. I didn't know he was actually in it. Yeah, and and you got Professor X over there too. No, well, no, him I knew because he's an actor, so I knew he was. I thought Lin Manuel was like a creative. Name creative. escapes me right now. Who? Uh, Professor X. Oh God, of course now I can't remember. Also plays. He's also going to be in the It sequel. In the It sequel. <laughs> really? I was hoping you'll know that you'll come up with the name. James McAvoy. N- not after four days of Comic-Con. James McAvoy. <laughs> James after McAvoy. four days of Comic-Con, my brain's mush. James McAvoy. James McAvoy. All right, so James McAvoy. Um, the other choice I had, I think, was instead of going to that panel, I, I could have gone to Cobra Kai. I kind of wish I went to Cobra Kai. Although although I did get a nice gift from his deck materials. I got the nice uh, cinch bag mm-hmm. as well as a poster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I would have liked to have gotten to Cobra Kai. <laughs> I, do, I do still plan to watch the show, well, but... But yeah, coulda woulda shoulda. Yeah. Then afterwards, I we went, all, we all have regret. The amount of times I go to a panel, and then I think, wow, I should have went to this X panel and X or Y panel instead. Yeah, yeah, and, all and then, the time. And then afterwards, I went over to do the the Ralph Report meetup. I met Eddie Pence. I met Ralph Garman again. Uh, he actually, I believe, he actually recognized me. He should by now. No, no. Well, I know by now, but come on, you 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 are a person that runs into a lot of people. You expect? Yeah, to but do you that. actually interview him. Yeah, but that was so like, that's what, different. It's different if you long. just say hello to him. I think he's even starting to recognize me. I could be wrong. He could be just like I, I could be looking far to him. But I've met that guy probably at least ten times. I, and I, the last couple of times when I see him, I think he knows who I am now. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I think he recognized my face, but I don't think he knows my name. Which well, I, which I know he doesn't know mine either. But yeah. I'm sure he could still recognize faces. Yeah, and then, but I, but I did had a nice talk with Eddie Pence because he's a Star Wars fan, and and I I, I don't know who that is. 
He's the the current co-host of R- Ralph Report. The oh, Ralph Report. Okay. He's also a stand-up comic. I didn't know stuff. Ralph had a co-host. Mm-hmm. He does. Okay. Um, and and he's a Star Wars fan, and I was talking Star Wars with him like practically the whole time. Oh, okay. And I thought I was kind of neat. And then and then I had a picture with a guy, a cosplayer, a, a Thanos. And apparently it was really popular because I got a lot of hits on Instagram for just for that. I'm so mad I didn't see that guy again so I could yeah. get a selfie. Ah, and, and that was my thir- <laughs> and that was my Thursday. Uh, how how was the rest of your Thursday since you finally showed up? Uh, well, I mean the rest of yeah, there wasn't much because I got there so late. That was um, day one of Comic Con. Thank you. I'm glad you recognized day one, not Comic-Con. fucking preview night like some people are doing. When people call preview night day one, it drives me insane. I called it night one. That's fine. I said night one. I guess. I still don't agree with it. But four whatever. nights, four days. And yeah, I guess. Uh-huh. I'll go with night one over day one at least. Anyways, um, I just tried to um there was a lot of pilots I wanted to, to see on on uh Thursday. Unfortunately I didn't go to um I didn't get to see all of them, but I did get to see um a couple. Um I got to see couple. Couple. Um I got to see <laughs> I got to see Nancy Drew, which which is a... Is that a TV show on Netflix? Yeah. Uh, Freeform? I think it's ABC. I want to say CW, but it, I could, it might be CBS. It probably is CW. It might be CBS, or it could be CBS. Sorry um, to see, but um, uh, I really want to. I, re- I really want to see that because is I like- it the one with uh, Julia Roberts' niece? No. Oh, okay. That's. I think that's the movie. <laughs> uh, okay, so this. I think that's a totally different cast then. Yes, but it has a girlfriend from Into the Badlands, and I'm a massive fan of that show, so I really wanted to see it honestly, just for her. Um, it's 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 all right. Um. It's you know the the crime caper. Am I am I supposed to know who Nancy Drew is, the actress who plays her? No, I okay. don't think so. I didn't know who she was, so right. I can't. I don't think you would know either. Um, uh, without you know going off thirty minute review on Nancy Drew, it was just uh you know her. So, so did you solve any mysteries? Yeah, it's like the sleuthing part is cool. <laughs> I like I like the sleuthing part. Her you know Veronica Mars sleuthing part of it um for the show. But the the you know, the thing that really bothers me is they kind of have try to of course give her a romantic life, and the romantic thing bothers the shit out of me it's so like annoying i don't like it at all so as long as they stick with the sleuthing thing it it dominate it's like 75 percent that and like mystery and stuff they focus on that 25 percent of romance as long as they keep that balance maybe i'll tolerate it but like oh my god every time they went to their romance it was with this dude it's dumb and like i don't even want to bore the listeners with how dumb it is just trust me it's it's annoying um then after that i went and saw emergence um i ran over and this is running over to a different room so i missed a couple of minutes of it trying to get over there um it's a very um, kind of strange show in the sense that um, it's it has this little girl that um, there there's a lead character who's a police chief and um, she I guess I don't I don't know how because like I said I missed it but they uh, she acquires or finds this little girl. Are you, are you promoting the show? Why, why are you explaining the show to me? <laughs> well, because because I can't I can't I can't review it without telling you what it's about. We're not reviewing a movie. I, you, you hear me reviewing his dark materials? Well, I don't. Yeah. Want, well, I don't want to say just it was good, and that's. Uh, I'm not going to give you the whole. It was now. good. All right, move on. <laughs> I just say um, no, but it's got Alison Tolman from Fargo, who's really good, All right. and she's like a, and so she like somehow uh, gets this little girl who like is, um, you know, parentless or whatever, and like. It, the whole uh the only thing i want to say that's to give people interest because i found it interesting was there so there's something not uh, exactly normal about this little girl she's okay. got some kind of uh possible uh not human elements to her and uh it definitely because the show seems very cut and dry until then and then all of a sudden a couple of things happen you're like oh okay this Wait, is not did, a regular did they show showed the pilot 
Yes. Oh, that's what it is. It I, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is not a regular and show. When does the pilot come up? It just said this fall, so I'm not exactly oh, sure. So there was really no point for you to explain all that. What? <laughs> well, yeah, so people can look for it this fall. It was okay. it was good. I, I I this one I enjoyed. I, I'm re, I'm being, I guess more reason to yeah. I I thought this one had some possible promise. Like it was very uh, the the way they left the end of the episode is very intriguing. So okay, um, and then. Uh, no pilot on this one because they suck. Uh, they have this new Colby Smulders show, which is going to be on ABC called Stumptown. Uh, Stump Emergen- Town. Emergence is on ABC too for sake Stump of argument. Stumptown was starring the Maria Maria Hill. That's what I said. Colby Smulders. Colby Smulders. Yeah. There you go. That's right. um, but also they- from How I Met Your Mother. Yes. But they suck because they didn't show a pilot. They just wanted to get in there and bullshit for an hour and do boring Q&A, which I hate and I can't stand. How can they do a Q&A for a show that hasn't come out yet? Exactly. It's boring. Oh, wait. It was based on a comic book, right? Yes. Oh. Still boring. That's where, that's where the Q&A comes still from. Still boring. I can't right. stand when shows do this. No one wants to sit here and listen to you talk about a show that we haven't seen. You can't – to sit there and listen to people talk for an hour – yeah, and just say like, oh well, when you see it, this hap- you'll like yeah. this, and oh well, when you guys see this, you'll like the character because you know it's like, no, if you would just show us the damn pilot, we would know what you're here, talking about, and you know, so here so. I'll, I'll toss a bone at you since I know you're yeah. a fan. Uh, when Deadly when Deadly Class had their panel last year, yes, they showed at least forty minutes of the episode. Okay, so that's, there was at least some content for people to have Q and A for. Okay, so there we go. Yeah, um, that's a good idea. Even if they would have showed, let's say, like, okay, maybe they don't want to show the whole episode. Fine. Show 20 minutes then. Show yeah, something. Show, show, half, the, sh- show they, half the episode. They showed, like, a five-minute clip or so. I don't even think it was a five minutes. It was maybe even less than that. And it was just an action scene. So that gives us no perspective for the character at all. It's like, oh, yeah, you can beat people up, whatever. Anyways. Well, what, 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 what network is that for? ABC. Oh, so, so they could say, like, like Stomp Town. Go watch Stomp Town on ABC. Right? Right? Right. Where are you getting the song from? <laughs> The love boat. Come on. Oh, wow. oh, okay. Wow. You've really pulled that out of the ether. That I'll give you credit on the that. Ether. <laughs> it just goes to show my age. Okay. But go on. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. So I, I didn't get much of a feel of it because I was irritated that they didn't show the pilot. And they're just going to sit there and blab and waste my time. And mm-hmm. I would rather be watching his dark materials with you. So, because that's the thing when you choose, like you just said, you choose one panel over another. Right. You want it to be worth it. And... I would have rather been in his dark materials because I was actually more interested in that. But okay. I thought that Stumptown was actually going to play the pilot because it was an hour long uh, panel, but apparently not. So then mm-hmm. I went to his dark materials and I still didn't get any footage, but at least um, the cast was more entertaining with Lynn Lynn Miranda and James McAvoy. And so they were way more entertaining and funny. So I had, and we got swag. And, and, so, uh, all, and the- so that was all around better already. Yeah. And, and the girl who plays the, uh, the main girl, Daphne Keene, Daphne Keene, uh, first off, I didn't know she is British, and uh, she's she sounds awfully smart for her age. But then whatever. Anyways, oh yeah, you know what else I did Thursday night? Yes, I took a tell pic- me. I took a picture of the giant unicorn that was well lit at night and looked really cool. Did you get a picture of the unicorn, Derek? <laughs> How do you know that I didn't? Because you've been wanting to get it for such a long time. <laughs> you know what? It's funny, too, because I even told our um, – you just met him, our friend Greg. I told him to remind me last night to get it. And he tells me at, like, way late at night when I was too tired to walk over there. And I'm like, God damn it, Greg, now you tell me. I, I don't even think I showed, I shared the picture on Instagram. No, you can just send it to me so I can share because now I want it. Because <laughs> now I'm irritated that I never got it. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to uh, Friday. Uh, Friday, Friday, Friday. Go ahead. 
you were actually awake for this one. Oh, you want me to go first? Hey, well, I think we met, we met up, didn't we? Oh, yeah, that's right. We but, did meet up, didn't we? But, oh, Friday. Friday. No, no I'm thinking Saturday. Friday. No, Friday. Friday, I went over to the Kevin and Bean show. Um, wanted, oh, right. That's wanted, what we did. Yeah, I wanted to go say hi to Alan K because I never met her in person. So there's that. Uh, a DMC from Run DMC was there to promote his comic book, I believe. And uh, we had free breakfast. Derek met up with me over there. We had free breakfast. This was actually at the um, the, the newly TCL Chinese theater, theater box over here at San Diego. It used to be a movie theater. Now TCL owns it now. Um, and we had free breakfast too because the event actually had free breakfast. Yeah, I was those, sure, are, those are some good eggs and some good fucking yeah, I should, Danishes or whatever I, I those were. I will definitely remember this for next year. If I want a free breakfast, head over to the Kevin Bean Show. Yes. And then uh, outside the Kevin Just Bean don't tell me too many people. <laughs> then outside, outside the, yeah, because it's a small place. So and outside they had the recreation of the Quick Stop. From Clerks as yes, well as that was awesome. RST videos. And I'm glad cool. one of my friends knows that I'm glad they did. Yeah. So that's no, pretty you're cool. the one that noticed it. What am I talking about? You're the one that noticed it. I know I didn't notice it. And and not only that, but apparently uh Kevin Smith and Jason Muse uh post uh, post in the in the in front of the quick stop, the fake quick stop last yesterday, I believe. Oh really? Yeah. Oh a, that's so a, awesome. I, I believe you go to the Legion M Instagram, it has a picture of them in front of the quick stop. That's great. Yeah, and it looked like they were in costume too. <laughs> and then me and Derek walked down and we ended up going to the Pennyworth one. Well, what, what did you talk about that one? Um it was cool. The Pennyworth um, experience. Um the you know the on epics. The <laughs> the main point of it was it was uh in the sense of trying to, you know, you're trying to do as much as you can at Comic-Con and not to get weighed too weighed down. Um it was really cool that it, the line wasn't too bad, it moved pretty good, and then the experience itself took us what a half hour. It's on a, it's half hour if you want to make it a half hour, but okay. And honestly, you could just probably just yeah. Like, I mean, we could have milked it more, but yeah. I'm saying we got through. No, no, no. We well. could have just walked through it really fast if you wanted to. Think about no, it. that's what I'm saying. But like, we casually went about it. We took it took us about. Oh, half we were hour. casual. We yeah. were there for longer than we should have been. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too bad, but uh, um, yeah, it was. It gave you a nice, you know, feeling for the show and stuff. And mm -hmm. you know, I love when they use, um, which we'll get to. I know later. Um, I love when they use actors and they make them play roles and stuff and be part I of do the like experience. That, yes. Um, and you know, but it gave us. I I got a nice feeling for the show and it actually made me a little more interested. So, so do I. I, I will definitely subscribe for one free month of Epics so I can binge through it once the season is over. Sorry, Epics. <laughs> but yeah, they gave they gave us a free drink, not not alcoholic. They gave us free uh, chocolate things, uh, chocolate bar or chocolate whatever. I shaped, still have it. Shaped like it's a cigar. My bag Dude, over there. that's like melted by now. No, it was fine. I know if it was melted, I would have thrown it away. It was fine still. I don't know how. Stick it in your fridge. As, in as, as soon as I grabbed it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a gooey mess. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. They, they had like this place where you could play uh, blackjack. So that was kind of neat. No money involved, but you can play blackjack. Yeah. I believe if you win, you get a pin. Was that, was that what the one person Poster. Won? Poster. I don't need a poster. Yeah, so exactly. That. I didn't. I didn't even get upset that we didn't get one. I'm like, yeah. I'm fine with this. They had us do a postcard thing where at the end of the at the, at the end of the experience we were supposed to send it out to ourselves or whatever. That was we did, but weird. I don't. Know, I'm gonna be very interested to see if that actually comes to my apartment. Same here. Are you actually? If they do, I will give them props. I'm like, wow, you guys actually mailed that. <laughs> somebody, somebody, somebody in their department is like, wait, you do realize it, it, you need to put a stamp on that thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> My guess, honestly, is that's just going through their mailing list and then we're going to receive mail. Yeah, and another thing also with the Pennyworth thing, we get to do this uh, action shot where two thugs or police people 
are like interrogating oh, was, us. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah they were interrogating us. That was and great. Then, and then they do a I thing. did like that. That was yeah. great. I was happy. I, I have to download my picture, so I haven't done that. Yeah, it, it was pretty cool. Uh, one one guy like like tried to knee me in the head kind of thing. Well, they, he, they play acting. Yeah, right? and the thing that was cool is because there was a guy in front of us, and then there was you, and I noticed that they don't all do all the people the same way, so at least, yeah, they, they, at least they mix it up. I kind of wanted the one where they were bashing me. They would have they would have bashed me in the head as opposed eh. to knee me because because their 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 blue outfit kind of meshes with the background and it's yeah. kind of hard to see a little bit sometimes. Yeah, you know. But but I I think I think they don't expect people to talk back because I was talking back when they were like I was doing acting. <laughs> well, it was funny because yeah, they asked me. They're like, you know, they said something like, "Oh, who do you think you are?" Or or like, you know, "Oh, what do you what are you doing?" I said, "I'm like, I'm innocent. I'm sorry, I didn't do it." They're like, "Well, we haven't heard that one yet." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for and for me, and for me, they were like asking me about stuff, and I'm like, like you got the wrong man. <laughs> That's good. I don't know anything. Yeah, you know. But yeah, then after that, uh, after we did that thing, we went over to the Orville Experience, and I was kind of yes. neat because they had like a lot of props from the Orville, the TV show. My only problem is the lightings. The lighting, I think, were purposely meant made so that you have bad camera shots. Yeah, I don't know why, but yeah. every every good sh- shot you want to take is ruined by some kind of lighting issue. Yeah. Yeah, don't know, but I I like that they saw the 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 bust the bust the bust of uh, Bortus with the mustache. Yeah, that 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 thousand uh, cigarette thing. That was, that was quite yeah, cool. it was it was the the be- the best thing about it is they they made it nice quickly. You just came in, you looked at all the cool props, and then you yeah. and then we were out there in no time. But it was it was really cool the stuff that they bothered to bring. Yeah, it was and good, you good. and you have some of you will have some of it, or you do have some of it on your Instagram page. Am I what on your Instagram page? Instagram page. Yeah. I have someone on my Instagram page. I don't, the pictures. Oh, you mean you're talking about the uh, the the video thing we did? No, the pictures. Yeah, the, yes, I do have some. There of we pictures go. On there Instagram you go. So page. if you want to see him, check out his Instagram page. I didn't upload everything, but it, there is some over well, there. Neither. I mean, I took like twenty five. Yeah, I'm not gonna put them all up either. I did take a lot too. <laughs> and then we did the thing where we were shooting an alien creature. Yeah, that's also on my Instagram page. Yeah, take a look at that. That's what I was gonna need. And then afterwards, we went on our separate ways. I did my, I did a Viking axe throwing thing. Yes. So that was fun. I had, I played, I played for about a half hour. I actually got a bullseye. That's also on my Instagram page. Take a look. Um, but the thing is though is that I learned that I'm more of a one-handed axe thrower than okay. I am a two-handed axe thrower. I cannot toss the axe with two hands for some reason. Interesting. But I can do it with one hand. So go figure. Go figure. And then essentially we just what whatever whatever there's today right oh I I did also go to the Filipino uh, team panel at the uh, the library over there that was kind of neat I uh, I just went off and did press and then I fanboyed and got some autographs from celebrities and no one wants to hear about yeah. that and then besides that panel <laughs> we'll save that for my show <laughs> and be, yeah yeah your show and then and besides besides the the Philippine panel I also went to Tyler's uh, from the Grand Gatherings panel unnecessary debates. Oh, I joined you for that. You, jo- you did join in for that, yeah. For once. So Tyler, stop giving me crap. Yeah, here, just just, just for the listeners, uh, the questions they did answer, ask were, which superhero would actually get you to join in a pyramid scheme? That's one. They also answered, who would be better at karaoke, Pikachu or Hodor? You know, they also have, is there anything The Rock can't do? There's that. And there's also, what is Batman's most useless gadget? <laughs> And the last question they were able to ask before... No, not the last one. They also had, who is Noob, Ma- Noob Mass 69 in Endgame? And the last question they were able to ask before they were cut off from time limits. Uh, what would Valkyrie and Captain Marvel's first date be? We just gotta, we just that very, was funny. We just asked a very current event because they, they just officially revealed that Valkyrie is, in fact, bisexual. So, so there we go. So that was a very fun panel. Uh, uh, people, if you go to Comic-Con, I do recommend you guys check out Unnecessary Debates. It's very fun. Uh... And not, and not because Simon's my friend, but it's actually a legitimately a fun panel. So take a look at that. 
All right, and then let's move on to Saturday. Bum, 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 bum. So the first thing we did was we went to the Amazon Prime video experience thing. They don't call it Amazon Prime video. They call it Prime video experience, whatever. They gave us like this unique collectible coins that we were supposed to use for food over there. But we decided... But we're to- nerds and we want collectible coins. Correct. And and so we went, we decided to keep them. I think I used one. I used, I used one. one for the churros. used one for the churros. Gotta get the churros. Mm-hmm. And then we went... The first thing we did, there were three things that they, you, you can do there. You can do the Expanse, Carnival Row, and... The boys. Yes. And we did the boys first. Yes. And we waited. Not f- literally. <laughs> yes. That's what she said. And then uh, we we we, had, we went ahead and went to that line first because my, my theory was that everybody was going to go to the nearest ones mm-hmm. and not the farthest one. Cool choice because it was only like a 45-minute wait. Um, essentially, the boys thing, just to spoil it because it's coming out really over, uh, is essentially an escape room except the people in the, the main car- actors in the room are helping you out along mm-hmm. so that you don't take forever trying to figure out how to escape the room because mm-hmm. they'll tell you. And what's cool is that they were acting and all that stuff and they will get you to join in and do some stuff. Like mm-hmm. they, they got you to try to cover up the evidence kind of thing, yeah. right? And at one point I was facing one way and the guy was like, you with the red shirt, come over here, <laughs> right? And I had a red shirt. And then the person next to me like, I think it's talking to you. Like, oh, okay. And he wanted us to like move a car. Yeah. And then right about right right before we were the movement, he's like, ah, oh, forget it. We can't do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I like the dialogue. I like the dialogue they have. And they were really lively and full of energy. And it was very really fun. lively, very lively. And then and my favorite my favorite part was at one point at one point uh, he he was he, he had to destroy like a VHS tape of the of the evidence right. of what that the, the thing is right. And then he know he looked around and people had cameras with them for obvious reasons because coming on and he's like. Are you part of them? Are you are you spying on us kind of thing? And then the person to my right who had a camera, he had his look in his face. Oh crap! Is he going to destroy my camera? You know. And then he asked me, "Are you are, are you part? Of, are you a soup?" And like, and I'm, I'm like, "Hell no!" Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely remember you saying that too, and I thought it was really funny. Yeah, like I said, acting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well done. So yeah, so it, it was a fun. It was a very. I think I think out of all of it, that was a fun experience. Yeah. Yeah, so and then we did the expanse, which we which we waited over two and a half hours for. What do you talk about that? Uh, I mean, it, it was it, thankfully it was brief because after two and a half hours, you just want to get it over with. Um, they, you know, they took us in there and there's this whole like random like desert scene and like it looks like, you know, the remnants of some something that was there at some point or you know, and they have this whole like slaves or rebels or whatever that are kind of like uprising and these uh more of like the you know, they're subservience or whatever that are trying to like keep them in check and stuff. So like, I, I'm sure if you watch the show, we'll get it more, but yeah, yeah. Like since I don't watch the show, I have no idea what was going on. Um, but like, it was cool because they were, they had a nice dynamic and the actors were really going for it. So it was fun. Like they, they were really hostile towards them and stuff. And like, uh, they, we had to look for some box or something. And it's funny because they took us, they took us all off into different groups to like go look for it. And then before, Albert and I even had time to deal with the scene that we were in. They, right. they jumped us in there and all of a sudden the actors are fighting and they have a brawl going on and no, stuff. No, no. First, one of them leads us to, to one of those rooms and it was about to serve us tea. No, but that's what I'm saying. We got led off to something. But before we even get to enjoy that scene of what was going on, they have a big old brawl and we just get thrown right back out again. So we didn't True. even really get to get immersed in what they were in the other one. Yeah, but the one thing that I, I wanted to mention was that when she was pouring us tea... I really wanted to drink that tea. No, I know. <laughs> but before I could drink the tea, before we could drink the tea, we had to go back out again because yeah. of the brawl thing. Like, yeah. what? Come on. Um, I, I do want to mention that that it's supposed to be Mars that we landed on. Yeah. The only problem, I like the, I like the production value, like you said, 
of how to make it look like it's Mars and a ship crashed there. Yeah. However, the San Diego building skyline doesn't help. <laughs> well, it obviously looks fake. Yeah. So so there's that. So we, we got out there. Um, and essentially, that's what we did. We didn't bother with Carnival Road because Carnival Road didn't pass out anything, really. We're, we're, we're very honest. It's like, oh, there's no there's no swag? Forget it. We're out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we're not going to wait another two and a half hours. Plus, we'd already no been swag. there at this point, like, what, three, four hours now? Oh, I think it's more than that. 20, what, two, three? Yeah, yeah. Almost four hours, yeah. I would say. So we're And plus, um, I wanted to get to Westworld, oh, and which but, I ended up missing. Way, but The boys, uh, we got a pin out of that experience. Yes. And then for the Expanse, we got a small mug, a small tumbler mug yes. out of that experience. So, yeah. And then we, we, what did we do next? We separated. <laughs> There's oh, no we. Did, we. Did, did we really? Did we really? <laughs> yeah. So I because I went to try to get into Hall H. Looking at oh, that's and right. unfortunately I didn't have any luck. So looking <laughs> and I at got, this, and I got stuck turning into a lobster for four hours. Yeah. So looking at this, uh, what I did was I went over to Chemistry to get my free birthday ice cream. So I did that. I went over to the Petco Park Experience where they have this uh, bunch of like uh, novelty vehicles, like a giant uh, high heel shoe car. They had a giant shark that people were posting there. They had a section there where people were doing a carpool karaoke mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, there was a bunch of Gundam stuff because Gundam was like 40 years anniversary. Oh, wow. So they had that one. Um, and then and then essentially I went to the Hall H line and decided to wait for Kevin Smith. Correction. I decided to try and see if I can get to the MCU panel. But eventually, but you became... knew eventually you could see Kevin Smith anyways. Correct. Uh, at one point in the in the line, some lady shows up like, "If you're in line for MCU, you may as well just leave because you're not getting in." <laughs> right? And I will say this: give them props. At least they're honest. At least 90 percent of the people in line did leave. Okay. Right? I was in maybe line ten, and I was jumped up straight to line one. <laughs> Because a lot of people left. Well, especially because people probably know if they do want to go, because they can just leave and come back and walk right in. <laughs> right, right. Well, what's sad is like, I think I had a friend who was there since like one o'clock or two o'clock and didn't get in. I know what that feeling's like. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so essentially, I just resolved myself to just uh, watching, quote unquote, watching the MCU panel via Twitter. You know, people were just live tweeting what what they were seeing, mm-hmm. kind of things. So, and honestly, it didn't seem like I missed that much. I think I missed I missed the excitement of it, the announcements. But in terms of content, all I missed was like two videos. Actually, correction, a video and a half. Because mm-hmm. that half video was just like a teaser mm-hmm. for the Comic Con crowd, mm-hmm. right? So, so I didn't really miss that much. I, no, I, it was it was just, you know, the, at, tell, tell them your side of the story. Yeah, well, considering I was so you know I was you know I I felt very fortunate to be there and like but just the you know the energy of being there was just insane because every time because they had so many different actors and cast members because they kept announcing show after show after movie after movie. So it's like, and they didn't bother to have long Q and a panels of like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. It was like literally like five minutes here, five minutes here. You know, they bring out the Eternals. They brought out vision and Wanda uh, and Scarlet witch. They brought out, um, uh, Falcon and winter soldier. And it's mm-hmm. like, bam, bam. So it's just like this constant barrage of superheroes, superheroes, uh, celebrities, star, star, star. And it's just right, like, right. and it was so exciting that it's just like, you know, uh, kind of like a, a a guessing game of like, okay, what are they going to throw at us next? What are they going to throw at us next? And then it was just, you didn't even get to get bored or, I mean, not that necessarily you would have, but I'm saying there was no, um, there was no way to calm down. Like they just okay. kept had it. They kept moving at such a pace that there was no way for it to stop. Like you just kept getting heightened about like, okay, here's, 
you know, Jer- then Jeremy Renner comes out and then this person comes out and then this person, then Natalie Portman comes out and you're just like, oh my God. And it just like kept escalating, escalating. And it just was so insane. And then they, you know, they come and they do the final photo at the end and they're all on stage and you're like, okay, they're doing their group photo again. This is cool. And then Kevin Feige goes, oh, by the way, we have one other person to bring out. And what do they bring out? Mahershali. It's like, what? It's yeah. like, so it's like just As blade, but I'm saying like, well, Look, as the blade thing is cool, but I'm saying in the sense of like the thing that was so I, I'm I'm probably breaking it down too much. No, people you can look it up online. No, but I'm saying I'm breaking it down too much in the sense of like um the design of it, but it's just like just when you think it's all over and that's all they've given you and that's all Marvel's done, it's like, oh and that's it. Oh wait. And then Kevin is like, We still got one more, and they throw Mahershali as blade. And it's just like, What? And it yep. is like it was such a rush of news slash stars, and it was just really exciting and fun. Yes, yes, it was. For me, while I was outside, uh, I, I got He's to, like, yes, it was really exciting. <laughs> it is, but we're moving things along. Um, for me, outside, essentially, if, if you are in Comic-Con and you are stuck in line, get to know the people around you. That's, 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 yeah. that's, 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 that's essentially what you're going to do, because you're going to be there for hours. You yeah. may as well. Uh, I got in the middle of a Star Wars discussion, so there's that. Yeah. Um, I got into a slight argument with somebody who was complaining about the whole age line and oh, I was geez. trying to like do my thing about like you guys are complaining about the wrong things blah 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 uh, but yeah that was essentially it then and then we got in for Kevin Smith Kevin Smith was great they show, he showed As us always. he showed us a trailer when is he ever bad <laughs> yeah yeah he, where, where, whenever he, where, yeah exactly if you ever get a chance to see Kevin Smith if you, don't, if you know you don't know who he is you should go to his panel he's great and if you don't uh, know who he is why are you listening to this podcast yeah. no. <laughs> Yes, uh, he showed a trailer for Jane Silent Bob reboot. He showed like uh, a good chunk of like clips from the movie. I think the first like ten minutes of it. Okay, it was something like that. Um, he had Jason Mewes there, of course. He had his daughter uh, Hardy Quinn Smith, who plays Jason Jason Mewes' daughter in the movie, and he also had Melissa Benoist, you know, aka Supergirl. You know, I gotta say, <laughs> Melissa Benoist, <laughs> <laughs> so adorable. Yeah, she's awesome. You know, and she wasn't even talking that much because. Because honestly, that was a Kevin Smith crowd. Yeah. They were asking Kevin Smith questions. Yeah, you know, Melissa Benoist was just kind of even at one point she's like, "Oh, guys, don't worry. I, I, I just enjoyed. I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, you know, I'm a fan. Yeah, too. I love. So, she's like, I've seen all those movies. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it, it was really cool. And then, uh, and then after that, we just uh, went on a merry way. I went to go home because I wanted to go to sleep because on Sunday I wanted to go to to the good place thing really early. So here we go with Sunday. Ta na na na. Uh, yeah, so the first thing on Sunday, uh, I think at 7.30, I got to the good place, the interdimensional, uh, what's it called again? Inter- the good place, interdimensional hole of pancakes. If right. you watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Essentially, it's a makeshift IHOP in a not IHOP location from a, in the hotel yeah. kind of thing. And um, the, the big gimmick there is that there isn't really much of a gimmick. They have a couple of good place references TV shows playing good place. And then every, I don't know, 30 minutes, there's this big booming noise and and like lights come out yeah. and you hear like people talking. The most memorable thing about that is this one kid, like three tables down, was like, no, make it stop. Oh, yeah, the poor kid. Make it stop. The poor, poor kid. kid. <laughs> the poor kid. But that's about that's the last people that's essentially what it is. Uh, Derek maybe wait an hour before you showed up. And I know. Then, I'm sorry. And, and then I've the food, po- I, I will not be able to apologize enough to him for that. And 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 to quote and to quote the the, the dialogue I had with my other friend who asked me like, oh, so so what does the menu look like? And I, I replied back, the menu looks expensive. 
<laughs> and then they go, and then they, they joke like, is there at least like free water and breathable air? I go, oh, though, yeah, those are the freebies for Comic-Con weekend. Yeah, that's yeah. about all you get. That's what I'll get. Then after, and after that, you went on your merry way. I went on my merry way as I was, well. Yeah, it was Sunday. I honestly, I didn't have anything planned. I just walked to the exhibit floor yeah. and shopped and that was a, I, I didn't do any panels or anything. I took, oh, I did the mines, but it was a waste of my time. I, I took some photos of cosplayers, but not, not that much. I didn't, oh, I did that too, yeah. Yeah. Definitely uh, took my cosplay this, photos. This year out of any year Comic-Con, they seem to have less cosplay. Don't know what it is, but there seems to be less cosplay. There was a lot less. Just, yeah, a lot it's less. Very strange. I, I think people are just tired of doing cosplay while they're going through a crowd. So that's probably what it is. Well, because it's really crowded at Comic Con. It's hard to. It's. I. I. My only argument for that will be is I thought this past WonderCon had maybe the most cosplay I've ever seen. Yes, WonderCon had more cosplay than Comic Con did. Yeah, that is for a fact. So, yes. but it, it, like you said, that's not really a crowd. So maybe. That's right. how that Cause works. Because I mean, WonderCon had a big space up front where you get all these cosplay. But I'm saying gather. even if they go on the quote-unquote exhibit floor for WonderCon, it's not that crowded. That is true, too. So It is true. So that's where you're reasoning. Like, there's no mobs like at Comic-Con where you can't even move. That, that, that is very true. That is very so. true. But yeah, so Sunday, essentially what I did was I did my interview with David Glancer, which you heard earlier in this episode. Uh, I went to the Comic-Con Now panel, which is like a lot of the heads of Comic-Con talking about uh, the current state of Comic Con and yeah. what 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 they're involved in, whatever. And then after that, they had the John Rogers Memorial once again. They had the the memorial in WonderCon, so that was the the first one they did. And this one was the second one because Comic Con comes after WonderCon. Yeah. But of course, they had to do it because he was technically the president of Comic Con, so they had to at least have that here. And normally, they will have a talkback session, but since John Rogers was originally in charge of that, they figured it was kind of out of out of place to do it again without yeah. him. At least do the memorial first. And Comic Con Talk Back will come back next year. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, the very last thing I needed to do was there's this activation for Watchmen. And there's just a, there's a handful of activation, offsite stuff that are open an hour after Comic Con closes. And Watchmen was one of them. So I went over there and we did the Watchmen thing. Uh, it, I don't think I posted it on Instagram yet. One of us did it correct, the other one didn't. <laughs> one of us did it correct, and the other one didn't. Yeah. So it's essentially, what it is, you go into this tube kind of thing, and then you're you're recreating Doctor Manhattan using the power of Xbox Connect, you know, or whatever, and and you just reenact uh, how um, the guy who plays Doctor Manhattan becomes Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. That's it. And that's that's essentially it. That's that's our Comic Con week. Woohoo! Uh, we're missing a few things, I'm sure, but but essentially that's the guess. I mean, we don't want to give you a three hour episode. I mean, this is already almost like almost a two hour episode as it yeah. is. So we may as well like wrap it up there. Um, uh, uh, any final thoughts? Uh, you know, for a fiftieth year, it was pretty fantastic. I I I felt the energy of it. The fiftieth anniversary, they did a lot of uh great anniversary themed panels. Right. Um. You know, there was a they uh, the company made a point to make make it something special it did they did and of course it's also the first comic con without john rogers so i'm sure he had a hand in the planning the, the pre-planning stages yeah. of this place but but it, it didn't feel like he wasn't here yeah that's what that's what it felt like to me um but but in, in terms of like a comic con compared to other comic cons i thought it was nice and st- i thought it was standard mm-hmm. it was exactly what you expect comic con to be mm-hmm. nothing more nothing less mm-hmm. that's that's my experience of this year's comic con mm-hmm. which is i'm completely happy with okay the last thing i need is a bad comic con and this wasn't a bad comic con it just it just wasn't exceptional it was just it's just really good but you know yeah yeah 
That's where I should end it, huh? All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> this was episode 246 of The Stuff Injunction. Thanks for joining us, Derek. Thanks for being on the show. Dude, anytime. I will talk to you again next Comic-Con or, or sooner. Oh, no. We're going to be talking about the Sarum Wee Wager. Oh, <laughs> That'll be coming up at the Geekdom Fancast. Can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Until next time, this has been a podcast on The Who, What, Worse, Whenever. Whenever.